from a crappy hotel room with crappy Wi-Fi, Ira Jersey, take it away. Welcome to League One Fun. We're presented by the Beautiful Game Network and brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. I'm Ira Jersey, and that voice you heard was Jason, who's not in a hotel at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Jason, how's it going? Yeah, once they said they didn't have any presidential suites because it was for somebody else who was important, uh, then I just decided not to go. That's it's my prerogative. Oh, okay. Well, we're here today because there was a plethora of USL League One signing activity this week, which, you know, was it was quite frankly, Jason, it was really hard to keep up with all of it. But you did a spectacular job making sure that we all knew what the important signings were. Of course, that's that's what I'm here for, right? I mean, what what do I have? Responsibilities, a job, family? I don't have any of that, right? Um, I'm just here to let you guys know the hard-hitting news of USL League One. Well, why don't we start with the fact that there's 10 USL League One players who are going to be playing in the championship next year. I mean, does that surprise you, Jason, or is that something that you think, you know, you know, should be expected to be a regular activity, just these, you know, good USL League One players moving up at least one level? Yeah, I actually expect it to be more. Um, and so especially as you see uh, more two teams now seeing the quality of the of the league, I think that you're going to see a lot more players called up to the higher up team, whether that's in USL championship or MLS. Um, and I think also too, you're going to see a lot of teams now, now that they're, they know that there's a transfer fee involved and they're going to get money. I think they're going to start putting a lot more emphasis on the type of players they're bringing in, knowing that there's a potential that they'll get some kind of a transfer fee. Uh, so I think 10 is a great number to start. And I would expect that to be the benchmark moving forward. And we would get a little more each year. You know what I think is interesting, Jason, is we have these, some of these players went to a championship team, but that championship team is the Real Monarchs, who not only were the winners of USL Championship, and I'm sitting here with Evan Valella and Phil Grooms from the USL show. Yo. And <laughs> there they are. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, Real Monarchs won USL Championship, but a couple of players went there for money. So Chris Bermudez today, as well as um, as well as Joe Gallardo from uh, the Richmond Kickers and, and Chris Bermudez from the um, uh, the Greenville Triumph, who obviously made the uh, made the finals last year. You know, they, they have potential to move up to MLS just because they're in that structure. You know, I would, would not be surprised if we saw one or two more players go into that USL championship within a uh, MLS, um, uh, an MLS structure at some time, point in the future as well. Yeah, and you see more USL championship players are starting to move up to MLS. So, you know, maybe this is the start of a, a, a new change, right? Instead of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on a MLS super draft pick, maybe you ended on a proven player who's come up in the ranks of the American soccer system or the USL system. Well, why don't we go to some other general news? So you want to talk, Jason, a little bit about Garth Lagerway? You know, he was mentioning something about MLS teams uh, doing yeah, something in did, their academy. Didn't, didn't like what he mentioned. Uh, so Garth Lagerway had mentioned today that uh, some MLS teams will be phasing out their U19 teams and uh, pushing younger players to USL second teams, accelerating the path to first team, which makes sense, but... I don't know, Ira. Do you think that this means that we could be seeing more MLS two sides in League One? 
I do, and I also think it means that the the quality of play on some of those USL MLS two teams might go down a little bit, which is you know given what we've seen from some of them isn't particularly high. Um, you know, yeah, that could be interesting. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see if they they use the. Um, if that also means that they cut more U19s, right? So does that hurt the development pathway for some other players? And maybe, ironically, force some of those players to go to college and play in college, right? So that's so, so there's multiple parts, I think, to that particular news that um, that, that might affect the soccer landscape generally. Um, you know, other than that, yeah, I think it's it's a mostly a quality of play issue, and and how many of these teams will come down from uh, from the championship into USL League One, which we know there's going to be more probably coming in the future. How how opposed do you think would MLS be if MLS two sides had to play in League Two, and then have proven you know the the strength and the the playing of their players could possibly play in league one what if it was a system to where you know you kind of showed your worth of playing in league one to not bring the quality down of the league well i think the problem with that would be the the fact that that league two only plays for three months of the year right so you'd have to extend right. the season right so you need a proper kind of reserve league yeah i think um you know that being said i, I do think that this is where things like you know pro rel make the most sense right so teams right. you know mls teams wouldn't be happy if all of their teams were in league one and basically it became a reserve league so therefore it w- might increase the uh, the level of play and, and look i'm not a i'm not a huge huge pro rel guy i don't think it necessarily has to happen f- to make soccer great in this country but at the same time i think by doing activities like this it does uh increase the the usefulness of it but some other things that's at ira jersey on twitter for all you pro rail lovers (laughs) uh tell him that you know how you feel about that that's at ira jersey so other things happen a lot a lot of transfers too besides some of these signings so why don't you mention a usl league one player from last season getting the biggest transfer uh, in USL League One history. Yeah, and it's not complete yet, but Ford Madison's goalkeeper, Brian Silvestre, uh, has apparently been sold to Miami FC, receiving a $20,000 transfer fee. And so when you look at this, I think a lot of it has to do with the the resume that Brian has, right? He's a proven player, has played in MLS, still has shown his quality in this league last year, shows that he still probably has MLS quality. Um, so I think that's a big part of this transfer fee being a little more than somebody like a Joe Gallardo or a Bermudez who might have to prove their worth a little bit. Uh, you know, with, with Silvestre, you know what you're getting. You know you're getting the history from him and the resume from him. So, you know, but hopefully this is just a way for, you know, when you have USL championships, uh, players come down the USL league one and they go back up to USL championship or MLS. That's a part of it, right? They have that on their resume. So the transfer fee could be higher. And remember, two months ago, the largest transfer fee was about $7,000. So on that trajectory, sometime this summer, we might have a $540,000 transfer. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, unlikely. Um, you you want to make talk about some of our others? Uh, for example, uh, Orlando City B's uh, Mateus Silva makes the jump to USL Championship as well to Hartford. Yeah. 
And listen, we, you know, a lot of people, they, they saw Orlando City B's performance and didn't pay much attention. I don't blame them. Um, but Orlando City B had a couple of good players. Mateo Silva, definitely one of them, only played in 18 games and led the team in clearances and aerial duels won. Uh, this is the second... Uh, defender that uh, Hartford Athletic have gotten from USL League One with Kevin Politz being the first from Greenville Triumph. So uh, apparently Hartford uh, to fix their system is just going to have all USL League One back line. I don't I don't know how I feel about that tactic, but I'm sure anything is better than what they had last year. So one of the other standouts from uh, this- a couple a couple of other names too. Uh, you've got Tumi Moshibane uh, joining his coach Nate Miller at a USL championship side, San Diego loyal. Uh, you've got Tony walls going to Pittsburgh river hounds and you've got Rafa Mentigan going to Memphis. Uh, these are three just great consistent players, right? You look at Toomey; he scored a goal in every four shots that he took, uh, was top five in the league and goals scored and had double-digit goals and key passes. And the reason why that's a big deal is because he's not just a dedicated striker. He is somebody that allows you to have multiple offensive attacks and a multiple and multiple systems. Uh, he's able to both you know, create chances and score goals. He was actually the only player in the top five to have double-digit goals and key passes. Um, and then his off-the-ball runs are really great. So I think, Nate, it was a no-brainer to bring him along. Uh, to San Diego, Tony Walls, like I mentioned, one of the most consistent defenders in the league, um, was shocked that, you know, when I saw that Chattanooga did not renew his contract, they might have discussed it. And he said that, you know, he was ready to make the uh, go back to USL championship. Uh, and then Rafa Mensingen, somebody who I think is going to be an offensive spark to any team he's on going to Memphis. Uh, I think he's going to be someone that's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, that international spot is big. So for Memphis to say, hey, we're willing to use international spot on him, that shows you what kind of player he is. So w- one player that I'm a little bit – now I'm going to go back to OCB just for a second is, uh, you know, I haven't seen where he's going, but Tiago D'Souza was one of the best players on OC, uh, on a you know pretty poor OCB team. Do, do we know where he is and what happened to him? Uh, we don't. And I, I, like I said, maybe it's one of the international spots. You know, I think a lot of teams, uh, and there's a couple of free agents that I know about right now who are talking with teams. And that seems to be the biggest hiccup, right? Is if, Hey, we only have a limited amount of international spots. Is this player one of those players we want to use the international spot on? So I think what's going on is, you know, they're, they're having these conversations with players, these negotiations, and they're going after other people, seeing which one stick and then seeing if they have any international spots left over. Uh, but there's no way that Tiago D'Souza shouldn't be playing in USL League One or even USL Championship. Great. So should we move on to signings uh, of all these clubs? Because there's rosters yeah. being filled out left and right within uh, League it, One. Yeah, let me take a, a deep breath because uh, we got a bunch to go through. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll start with the Richmond Kickers, who at the moment have, you know, they, they're probably one of the teams that more or less can put together a starting 11 right now, uh, at least it seems to me. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the more recent signings, like forward Stanny Alves, who came from uh, UMass Lowell, as well as uh, one of the Richmond United Academy player, Victor. I'm going to, and here we go. This is the famous Ira Jersey pronunciation. <laughs> guide here uh but i'm gonna say phallic um 
And also, the, the the surprise to me, quite frankly, is FC Tucson center back Kyle Ventner. Now, we know Sawatsky probably loved him, and he was a you know goal-scoring center back who could score with his head, could score volleys with his left foot. You know, he was, uh, you know, he was great. And, and remind me, Jason, I think he was captain, too. Is that not right? Oh, yeah. Captain, 96 clearances, led the league in block shots, won 74% of his aerial duels, which is the best percentage in the league. Listen, with him and Akwe back there, I don't think this team ever loses an aerial duel ever again. And I don't think anyone's going to score any kind of corners on them unless they put it at the top of the box for a volley. It was It's a great pickup. It makes sense, Richmond. Uh, you know, can use some solidifying in the back on the back line. Um, a, a person who can go up to and score with his feet. One of the one of the best shooting defenders in the league. Uh, yeah, Darren, no brainer. Wanted to bring someone over, and he brought over the right one. Um, so we don't have to go through. I think I think last week we went through most of the other signings that that there were because they, there were some guys on yeah. two-year contracts and stuff. So why don't we move on to the Chattanooga Red Wolves, who signed former Riverhounds and Phoenix Rising center back uh, Uzo, as well as um, uh, so I didn't realize this, but he had played for Nigeria's U17s. I, that one I didn't realize. Yep. Um, yep. Also, a couple of uh, Guamese internationals. So uh, co- um, so. What, what two more now so so that means there's like three no. guamis in in the well, um in the league is there who's because i know so the chattanooga signed defender travis nick law who's been um on the guamis international team for i think 21 starts now comes from the icelandic league do you know of a third that i don't uh maybe i saw it but maybe i saw his him twice because also uh, okay. Dallas J from uh, the greenville triumph but Right, but yeah, I mean, interesting that you get these, you know, friend, these smaller national team players playing in USL League One. You know, there's a lot of Caribbean players, obviously, in the championship, but you know, where, you know, League One might actually help, you know, Guam and maybe a few other uh, international teams here too. Where Where do you think Guam is? Oh, I know where Guam <laughs> is. Guam is far, far away. I mean, <laughs> Guam's in the, uh, where, in the I mean, Western Pacific saying- Ocean. Yeah, you're saying Caribbean, but I don't know, you know, if, if that's no, I'm, I'm what you would smaller, consider the Caribbean. I'm, I'm, I'm saying smaller, uh, smaller international nations, right? So you think about a lot of the Caribbean islands; they have a lot of players that play in in USL Championship, right? It's a place for them to play um, international soccer, right? And and Guam is similar to that, and maybe you know maybe the Samoans, right? The you know you think about the Solomon Islands; they have to play New Zealand all the time. So you know it'd be great. Maybe we should scout you know the Solomon Islands if we can find some good. Guamese players we might as well look for uh look for some others <laughs> yeah I just don't know I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back and look I don't know if I would consider that uh Caribbean I gotta find out if they make um, roti that. in Guam and get back to you on that I didn't say I didn't say Caribbean I meant smaller <laughs> smaller countries um so so what do you think about these signings for the Red Bulls Jason yeah, I mean, and I interviewed Coach Jimmy a couple weeks back, and the thing that he pointed out and said immediately is, you know, the thing that I think we need to fix first and foremost is the defense. He thought that that was the weakest link in the chain last year, and, you know, he gets on it and immediately signs two defenders. Um, and so I like, you know, going out, getting both players who have experience uh, internationally and uh, you have one playing USL championship, the other playing the Icelandic league. I think experience is important in this league, especially on in that position, right? If you have 
all these players, you can have fast attacking offensive players. You can have a midfield. I think when it comes to experience and kind of that veteran leadership and maturity, center back is always going to be the most important. So the fact he went out and got two experienced international players for that back line, it sounds like they are you know ready to, to turn a new leaf and look to make that playoff run. So let's talk about the uh, the Greenville triumph because there's a note here that Jason is very upset at the rest of the league because the Greenville triumph were able to sign Alex Morrell from FC Tor- from Tormenta FC. What? How did that happen? I don't. You tell me because it's not like the rest of the league didn't watch these games last year, right? So Alex Morrell, somebody who is. At tireless, always running, does it both sides of the ball, right? Four goals, three assists, 34 key passes, 24 tackles, and 12 interceptions last year. This is somebody who might not be a target striker or who might not be the number one supplier, but can do both, can be all over the field, play multiple positions. What team in this league doesn't need that and why did nobody jump on the phone immediately to get him into their team to do that so greenville the one thing we talked about and we talked about it the last show right is the one thing we think that they were still missing was a lack of depth at forward and guess what they went out and got one of the most tireless people in the league and i you know i mean i i don't know about you i think greenville right now is looking like the strongest team in the league. They went to the championship, had one kind of, I thought, big problem, and they went and fixed it because of the rest of the league apparently doesn't know how to use the phone and make this deal happen. So amazing pickup for the Triumph. I, I can't say anything more about that. Yeah, I agree. I think the Triumph uh, have to be, you know, just because North Texas is going to bring in a lot of new pieces and we don't know everywhere that it's going to be, I think that you have to say that Greenville strengthened while all the other teams have, you know, maybe they've added pieces here and there, but I think you have to, to think that, that the pieces that Greenville brought in are going to fill those one or two little spots that um, th- that they, they needed to maybe get them over the hump. And if everyone can stay healthy, um, and they, they might have won the championship last year had Jake Keegan remained healthy. And now, yeah. you know, we're, we're at this point where... Where they have to be considered the favorites, I think, going in. It'll be interesting to see what the betting lines are on that, which I'm sure you will tell us on Twitter, Jason. <laughs> well, I feel like you're calling me a delinquent, but yes, I uh, I can't yeah, believe I not. this I, happened. I, Every I, team I, in this I, league I, should be ashamed because any team could use a player like that. This is not like, a, oh, well, we have our star striker, we have our target. No, this is a player who is versatile and can fit anywhere into any offensive scheme, so shame on the rest of the league for not you know, getting a grip and trying to make that deal happen but the good thing for south georgia torment is that they added as well including right center back reese williams who was on uh, lansing ignite and was one of the kind of the i can't say that he was the key because i think grant stoneman was really the key to that that um that back line in, in many respects but um but tormenta did add a very solid defensive piece right i mean ignite was not one of the uh the worst defensive teams in the league by any stretch of the imagination no, and it, it fills that, that void that Connor Antley leaves. I think the difference between Stoneman and Koifik and Reese is Reese can go wide and can go up, which is very important in Tormenta's system, right? When you looked at Antley, he was not only the one intercepting the ball, but he was the one counterattacking and really springing the attack. Um, so you don't you want someone that's athletic enough and 
you know, offensive attacking mentally enough to want to go and do that and not someone who's more comfortable staying back and just defending. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great pickup for Tormenta. They're another team who have looked at all of the positions to where they felt they were weak last year, um, and they're doing a great job of filling them in to increase their chances and look better this year. And they also signed three uh, high schoolers to the first team on uh, on academy contracts. So, and actually, I talked to Brad uh, Brad Nine uh, today, who is the academy director for Tormenta FC's academy, and um, and he we talked quite a lot about that. So, look for one of these shows uh, that we recorded here at the United Soccer Coaches Convention uh, over the next week or two, and uh, and listen to that about these kids because he knows these kids. He knows you know what their pathway is. You know, they're still college eligible, but they're going to play, too. So the other really interesting thing that I found from that interview is that these kids are basically going to go to school a little bit in the morning. They're going to get two periods of P.E. playing with South Georgia Tormenta, and then they're going to go back to school. And that's how they're going to spend their, you know, May and June while uh, while they're still in school. Amazing. And and the difference between Tormenta and these other teams is when Tormenta signs players to pro contracts and their academy, you should probably pay attention, right? These kids can ball. These kids have been called up more than any other team right now. They've got a kid playing in the Premier League who recently came on, I think, during an FA Cup game. This is definitely a, a team that knows how to spot talent. And so when they sign to pro contracts, you should definitely pay attention. Yeah, we talk about that in the interview as well. So Indiana Vasilez about playing for uh, for Aston Villa FC. And, uh, you know, again, you know, it's a great interview and you really should listen to it, just like all of our interviews that Jason and I have done uh, on, the, on the podcast over the past couple of months. Uh, Forward Madison, they signed Hartford Athletic striker. I'm not even going to try. Oh, you put the phonetic spelling. I even in put the, show the notes. pronunciation oh for see. you. I'm going to try. Listen, it. It's 2020. Voj- we we got to step it up this year. <laughs> Vojcik Vucic. Vojcik Vucic. That's how I. Uh, there you go. Okay. There so you is go. that pretty close? Hopefully. I'm sorry. I, I th- I'm sorry, Vojcik. I think you got it. I think yeah, you made it. I actually do know Vojcik because this is a, a very Polish name. Um, and uh, I have a, a cousin named that. Um, so he, he signed from Hartford. I, I haven't seen any tape on him. Um, have, you know, what do you think about him? Is he going to add to Ford Madison's pretty potent attack that they have already with JC Banks and, uh, and Don Smart? Yeah, and you look at him, and the first thing you notice is that he's eight foot twelve, right? So the the stereotype <laughs> you know, you and the assumption feet, is, right? oh, he's going to be good in the air. But one thing that I saw watching him in Hartford was he's actually very good with his feet. And when I mean very good with his feet, I mean he can shoot and pass with both of his feet. And I think that's going to be extremely important because, like you said, you know, Ford likes to play in the open they like to play wide and so for him to be able to you know hold the ball up pass it or to be able to shoot from outside during a counter uh, it's going to be important for them so a lot of people might look at him see his height think okay he's going to put in a bunch of headers i think he's going to be scoring some rockets and they also signed 19-year-old midfielder fielder, um, Michael Vang, who had last played in, in Portugal, right? Um, yep. So he is, is he an American, or will he take an international spot for... He, he is an American. Um, you know, gave up a college scholarship to go live out his dream and play, you know, professionally in Europe. Um, you know, go on Ford's website or check out their Twitter. They have an amazing story on him. He's had to overcome a lot, deal with the stereotypes of American players not being good uh even from his own coach 
in in the Portuguese league. And it wasn't until he went over there, scored some bangers that they really saw that they had, you know, some talent uh, and actually was discovered by Ford from his brother, who I believe lives uh, in Madison or around the area. So definitely go and check out that story. Uh, it's, it's amazing finding this talent and, and bringing it in and just how, how amazing social media and networking is compared to what it looked like probably even just 10 years ago. This signing probably would have never happened. And they might, and forward Madison might be losing another player too, right? A pretty important piece to the, uh, to the midfield for forward Madison, right? Yeah. So, you know, Christian Diaz is on trial right now with LAFC. Um, you know, when you look at their roster right now, if you don't count Christian Diaz and Silvestre, who are both, you know, pretty much rumored to be possibly on the go, they don't have any defenders or goalkeepers right now. So they're signing a good amount of midfielders. They got their strikers and their forwards. You know, they, they got to come up with defenders because, you know, Connor Tobin, we don't know if he's coming back. Uh, maybe they pick up the phone and call Y Amsberg since Minnesota didn't pick him back up. Uh, they definitely need an answer for the back right now. Yeah, so they have a lot of holes. And, and there's other teams that have holes too, but um, but it seems like forward at, at – you know, I had expected them to be a little bit more filled out than they were. And it could be, too, that they're talking to Minnesota about, you know, maybe getting some guys down on, on season-long loans. But, you know, last year that was kind of hit and miss for them, right? So Olmsberg did a great job. But there were some other players who they, they had, I think, they thought that they would have for a few months, and they had only for a few weeks. So yeah, I think that that's uh, something maybe they shouldn't rely on as much this year. And I don't think they will. I mean, when you you can go listen to their podcast, they said that they haven't had any contact with Carter Manley. Um, I think what they're probably doing right now is just negotiating, um, and they'll probably have a week to where you'll see you know ten different players signed within the week. So, uh, but they've got to get on that defensive side because right now uh, they've got Eric Leonard being you know playing five different positions. <laughs> he might be able to do that, but probably not. He, he probably could, you know. He probably could. <laughs> he probably could. I don't want to deny him of that. He he. But uh, yeah, you know, I think six tomatoes are better than one. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Shall we move on to the champions of the inaugural season of USL League One, North Texas Soccer Club, who are going to be playing in a new venue. Their venue apparently is uh, is is doing pretty well. It seems to be uh, seems that that the modifications to the stadium in Arlington are um, are underway, and and they do expect to to be playing all of their home games there this year, at least from what I heard from a uh, reliable source in Frisco. So North Texas Soccer Club signed international players uh, Juan Alvarez, also Pedro. Uh, um, I guess he has a nickname. Is that Cuadrado? Um, yep. Also Alves, and also uh, Allison dos Santos Correa. Uh, Correa. And uh, do do you, have you seen any tape on these guys, Jason? And do you think this is North Texas's way of just you know trialing people for FC Dallas before they you know move on to the first team? Yeah, I think uh, especially looking at like Juan Manuel Alvarez, uh, he's 23. So even though that's young for everywhere else in the world, for North Texas, that's pretty much AARP status. So he's probably got a year with them. Uh, he comes through the Monterey U system. I actually saw him. He's a defender. He played in a CONCACAF Champions League. Um, he's one of those players, I think, like you said, yeah, maybe they're looking to jump him to the first team and kind of, you know, want to first, you know, right in front of them aspect of what his game actually looks like. So that's definitely a player to look out for. 
That's great. Anything on any of the other players? So, uh, so Correa is a Brazilian midfielder, and uh, he was at Sao Paulo in uh, in uh, Brazil, Syria. Um, you know, any any color on him that you have? Yeah, I haven't seen too much of him. Uh, Alves, the Brazilian defender they brought in, he played in uh, the Paraguay top division, saw some footage of him, very skilled on the ball, very good at passing, which, of course, with North Texas, you can expect that they're bringing somebody in. They're a good passer. Um, At this point, you just have to look at what North Texas had last year and assume if they're bringing in internationals like they did with Jada, that they're going to be able to ball. All right, and moving on to FC Tucson, um, they signed someone from the Irish Premier League, uh, Finn, uh, Finn Harps uh, defender Niall Logue, and uh, as well as they re-signed their goalkeeper, Carlos uh, Manci- uh, God, Merciano. Um, I, you know, it's like <laughs> you were, the easy one. It's the easy one, it. too. You it's like I had, a neighbor, I had a neighbor with that name. Man, I, sorry, it, it's been a long day. I've been doing you know, a lot of interviews today. Listen, uh, Phil's intervention was tough on all of us. We don't have to – We don't. Uh, I know how you feel. Right, but but why don't you talk a little bit about Niall Logue because I think he – you know, he's an interesting get for FC Tucson. Is he – you think he's an FC Tucson player or like some of these guys from North Texas, is he on trial for uh, Phoenix Rising? Yeah, I think he's on trial for Phoenix because when you look at everything that FC Tucson has been doing with their signings, they they also signed uh, Gio Magana Rivera. He comes from uh, Portland Pilots. Uh, they're signing a lot of college kids, right? All of their signings outside of uh, Finn has been college, I think. Uh, you see, you know, no more Kyle Venter. Devin Vega is gone. I think it's one of those things. Is you know, do I don't. We know, do we know? If I Devin don't know. Jan but as a Tucson around? fan, I'm a little worried. I have a feeling that this is going to be a lot more of a development team for from college graduates, and then maybe Phoenix Rising focuses on loaning down guys more often. Um, but yeah, when I look at these signings, it, it looks like Finn might be the only one that's trialing immediately for that Phoenix Rising team. Do we know the status of Devin Jamka? I'm sorry, N- Nile. Sorry, Nile. Yeah. Do you, Do you know the status of Devin, Devin Jamka at the moment? I don't know. He would so be a great I reached, pickup for almost any single USL League One team, and and a lot of you, championship teams. Quite. You've frankly. got Jamka. You've got Jordan Jones. There's yeah, a Jordan lot Jones. of players over there that I have a feeling, and this is just me going based off of uh, sources and hearsay. I think a lot of these veteran players are ready to move. I do I do truly think that FC Tucson is going to be more of a development team this year. You're not going to see those same players that you saw on the field last year, at least not the majority of that first team. And and Jordan Jones is an interesting get for a lot of teams, right? Like you could picture him on Richmond maybe or yep. you know even as a um yeah, I mean, almost any team would be should be happy to take him given his yeah, goal scoring prowess. Had he had a better I think if, and more consistent, I think you know, midfield behind him, I think uh, I think FC Tucson would have been, you know, really a, a high scoring, more high scoring team than they were. Oh yeah, and he probably the one of, if not the best finisher in the air. I think when it comes to Darren being able to bring somebody over, if he can only pick one person, I think Jordan would probably be that person to bring over. Uh, that was what I think Richmond was lacking the most last year was a consistent striker and a, a targeted striker, and he fits that bill. So I just have a feeling, based off of what I'm hearing, though, those players, they might be on the move. 
Fair enough. Shall we move on to Toronto FC2? No big roster updates, uh, but there was the MLS draft, Jason. Yep, and a couple names that stood out. Uh, they they drafted a defender from Senegal, Simon Waver. Um, I feel like that could be the next uh, center back pairing with uh, Patrick Bunk Anderson. Um, and then Ira, they uh, also drafted another player. Why don't you take a crack at his name? Uh, Mr. Achara. <laughs> oh, okay, Mr. Achara. I like I'm, that. I'm not even going to try his first <laughs> So name. I think it's uh, Anfayachi Achara. Um, he's going to be someone on offense that causes havoc. Um, and yeah, I think you can just assume a lot of these MLS super draft players are going to be loaned down to uh, TFC too. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, OCB, which again is very likely to be, uh, how should we say this, uh, a development team only um it seems like I, even again but maybe not. i don't think no nah, you know what i don't think so i think that they are going to be a team that is going to look very different from last year they're not really signing any of their academy players they haven't brought back anyone outside of austin uh, amur right now and the only other signing i've really heard of is uh, alexander glubacic who is a 6'5 Serbian forward, uh, scored 35 goals his senior year at IMG, and he's trained with everyone from Barcelona to Sporting Lisbon. Um, and they have, I've also heard rumors that they're bringing in you know, five or six guys on loan uh, from the Brazilian top league in the Paraguayan top league. So I think this is going to be a different team. I think this is going to be more of a team to where you have internationals and guys who have a good chance of making the first team. And then you're going to see a lot more first team players loan down. I think they're going to do a, a 180 compared to what they had last year. Well, that would be very refreshing because they were, uh, I mean, un- unless you were the Chattanooga Red Wolves, you were, uh, th- that was your guaranteed <laughs> win of the year right um so sorry chattanooga i couldn't resist uh the new england revolution like it get spicy (laughs) (laughs) just calling it like i see it uh new england revolution 2 uh signed a few players in the last couple of days so i have to say you know we're recording this on thursday night um tuesday was absolutely insane where you know there were players being dropped like it seemed like every 10 minutes there was a new signing and the new england revolution announced their first few players and uh including a a bunch of academy kids but also some others that were a little bit surprising to me because i did expect this to be a little bit more of you know loaning some players down from the first team who weren't getting a lot of minutes and then academy signings but there were some others too that new england revolution picked up here jason yeah, and, and those those low knees from the first team will probably still happen. But right now what you're seeing is you're seeing a couple academy kids, but you're also seeing either coach bringing over players from Loudon where he was last time, last year. Uh, one of those players, um, Connor Presley, is someone that I think is going to have a big impact on the right side. He's very good at crossing, very good at taking players one-on-one and kind of creating that offense. Uh, and then another player... Uh, that's that was an interesting is uh, Sinclair, right? You look at Sinclair, you know, he is joining New England for a one year loan from Costa Rica, uh, Saprisa, right? And so, you know, when a player from Saprisa comes over on loan, I think that's a chance for the first team to kind of look at 
what he's doing and see if he's a possibility to move up. Um, so that was interesting, right? Cause up until then, um, you know, we see players coming in from either USL championship or, uh, players that are Academy players signing, but yeah, Orlando Sinclair coming in from Saprisa. Uh, it was a pretty surprising name to see. Anything else on new England revolution too, besides the fact that, you know, we, we really appreciate the fact that they have a, uh, you know, media department that's putting out some some interesting stuff, but they do need their own Twitter account for uh, the New England Revolution too. I think the USL headquarters needs to go ahead and get these comms departments uh, under control to begin with. You know, not just with New England, but with everybody, because there's a little wishy-washy business going on. All right, uh, let's see. So the team that will be playing in Fort Lauderdale that will be the second team or b team or something else for inter miami team um, we team. we've discussed this. Oh, that's they right that's team. right the miami team <laughs> they uh they have no roster yet so nope. one, one day maybe uh union omaha so okay so so you wrote on the roster here you wrote on the the rundown deep inhale they dropped 13 right. players in one day it was a player basically every half hour and you know i was i was pretty happy to see some of these names quite frankly jason and uh do we want to go through all 13 in a row or how should we do this i don't know if we need to go through all 13 but there's definitely players i think that we can go back and forth on discussing you know that we were happy to see and well, well, I'll may, start, may I, oh, um, okay. you know, bringing in an international uh, Tobias Utieno, you know, coming from the Kenyan Premier League. He played on the U23 national team, defensive midfielder. Uh, listen, this we talk about defensive midfielders all the time being such an important role. So when you're bringing in someone who's played on the U23 national team for Kenya, he's played in a premier league. You need that role to have experience. They brought that in love that they're not afraid to go and take chances on their international players, right? A lot of times you might get an international player from USL championship or that you've seen that still doesn't have their green card. Love that they went out there uh, exploring the leagues and taking a chance on him. So my guy, so so I had a hard time to between two because there were two Lansing players taken, but I got to go with Xavier Gomez. I mean, I think that he was a great get, and any USL League One team would have been uh, very happy to have him as an offensive threat. And so Xavier Gomez is is mine. I mean, you know, you think about how he controlled the midfield and how important he was for Lansing in the in the attack. And um, you know, you know, it was great that he found a home. And you know, you'll probably now take the next guy uh, on the uh, from from Lansing for yours. But um, yeah, Xavier was great. And apparently, and I didn't know this until I actually listened to the Who Gives a Hoot podcast where Jay Mims, the uh, their coach was was interviewed but uh apparently Xavier played for Mims which I, I didn't realize so um you know so it was obviously a reason for for um Xavier to to go to back to Omaha because he had gone to college near there he knew the knows yep. the coach um you know good get yeah and it's it's important right you need someone the first team it's going to be a bunch of young players 
uh, you need someone with who who can lead that team, right? That somebody also both a leader on and off the field that the community and the team can kind of gather around. Nick Xavier is definitely that player. Um, yeah, a couple other names, obviously the other Lansing player and for great get, I heard he was in discussion with multiple teams. So it's really good for Omaha to be able to get down, you know, their proven striker. I think now, you know, Lansing had a bunch of offensive players, a bunch of strikers. He'll have his opportunity to be the man uh, and show his consistency. But I, I also really like the pickup of players that they got from other League One teams, including Tormenta's Kobe Perez and Dalton Nutson and Juan Mayer. And I think these are really good pickups because you can have try, you can bring in college kids or you can bring in people who made the team with tryouts. But these are players who've already played in League Two and got promoted to League One or played in League One. They're used to the travel, the experience. They know how the league works. You know, this is somebody that's going to take less time to really train and kind of get used to the travel and. and get used to recovery time these are really good pickups and you know these are players that have proven themselves nuts and being the biggest shock to me uh that you know leaving tormenta so those are two two names that i really wasn't expecting to see but it's really cool that omaha was able to pick up yeah i agree i mean Juan, Juan mare had some moments last year for for the red wolves as well so i'm a little bit um yeah you know so i i think this omaha is putting together quietly putting together a or not so quiet. I mean, they basically knocked us over the head with a with a baseball bat with all their signings. But you know, basically they put together a a starting eleven. But there are a couple of positions that they still need, Jason. So they still don't have. I don't see any goalkeepers on this list nope. for one. No goalkeepers. And, and it looks like their back line is going to need at least a few more people. So yeah, um, outside back seems to be a position in need as well. Nathan uh, uh, Ani, though, on the back line, I'm definitely not pronouncing his last name right. Apologize, Nathan. Uh, coming from uh, uh, Reno, 1868, uh, you know, they had a couple USL championship guys coming down, six foot four. So you look at that, you look at, uh, you know, Ford's new striker, you look at Orlando City B's new striker. We got some big boys coming to this league. And I don't know if they're looking at the tape from last year and seeing North Texas in that second half started struggling with man marking because of their size. But apparently uh, there's there's been a memo going around saying that no one's entering this league unless they're six foot two and up. So one other signing from Union Omaha, which we can't ignore, is uh, is Ethan Ventacor Decker, right? So yep. he comes from, uh, well, formerly Swope Park. Now, what is it called? <laughs> oh, Phil's falling asleep. What's what's it called now, Phil? Uh, it's it's sports City. Sporting Kansas City Dose. Uh, <laughs> sporting Kansas City also says Evan. Um, so yeah, and you know he was a player who had uh, he had some some youth national team call ups and. Uh, you know, he obviously played in the in the championship for a few games, and uh, you know, scored scored what a, a hat full of goals, right? Um, yeah. You know, definitely, again, definitely quietly another player that Union Omaha is going to rely on. I mean, it seems like to me like they're looking at a, either a four four two or four four one one something like that. That you know could be some interesting. And of course, we don't know if some of these players are actually going to be depth options as opposed to the starters. But if these were to be put in a starting lineup, uh, you you could see kind of where maybe uh, Coach Mims is headed. 
Yeah, and you know I'm ecstatic looking at this list because we looked at players last year coming, and obviously some of these players turned out to be amazing and have made the jump to USL Championship. But the fact that we're seeing players who are proven should show that that front office is saying, "Hey, we're coming in and we're immediately trying to compete." Right? This isn't one of those things to where we're going to take a year off to kind of get well rounded and get our feet in the ground. No, they look like they want to hit the ground running and compete. Yeah, I agree. Um, so shall we move on? So, so Jason, which move and or moves, so maybe there's like a, a trade here, do you think stands <laughs> out the most? Uh, outside of me uh, being extremely upset of everyone with uh, Alex Morrell, um, I, I really like the moves that Omaha made. You know, I think Ethan's a great pickup. I, I think that, um, you know, getting the Tormented kids are a good pickup. And like I said, they, this is looking like they want to compete. This is not just a team you feel that does decent, right? This is a team that you feel can go out there and really do some damage. So I was, you know, pretty shocked at, you know, seeing the announcements come in and the, the variety of international and USL championship players they brought in. So for for me, so a question for you though, yeah. yeah, which which roster do you think looks the most improved? So well, we obviously can't use Union Omaha because that's a brand new roster. So right, I, I think it, I I think at some level, I'm gonna go with, and I hate to say this, but I'm gonna go with the Greenville Triumph. Um, you know, between between Morel, between the fact that they got Fricky on the back line, and you know, was maybe you know not so much of an upgrade compared to Kevin Pollitz, but you know, maybe slightly, slightly better. Um, I, I think that they, you know, even though they're they're small pieces, they were probably the only pieces that they need. Assuming that Jay Keegan is is healthy, probably the only real pieces that they needed in order to make a, a squad that's gonna you know probably get a buy in the first round of the playoffs, if not actually make another run into the finals. Yeah, I agree. I think Tormenta is up there for me, too. I think they've done a great job of saying, where are the pieces that we need help with and immediately getting them, right? It's not like Ford right now to where, you know, we're a couple weeks away from training camp and there's a huge gap in the roster, right? Tormenta went out there and the first signings they did were signings that they know they had to get, right? Not just, okay, let's get some depth signings, then maybe we'll get our guy later. No, they went out and got their guys right then and there. So I think they've been a lot as well. I, I, I guess they improved, but they also lost more players in Greenville too when it comes they to, did. you know, so like, yep. you know, not having Connor Antley who, you know, even though he only scored four or five goals, he importantly was, you know, a great facilitator as well as good, really good defensively. So, you know, the, I'm still waiting. I, I think if they can find someone that's close to that quality in terms of a, of an outside back that I, I would, I would agree with you, but I think that, that they've more like st- probably stayed steady as opposed to improved over the squad that they put on the pitch last year again assuming everyone's healthy um so jason a couple of names that you know we might not have known of who you'll think could have a pretty big impact here yeah i I really you know maybe to to the casual fans they might not know him um but i really do think that ethan vanacore decker um can make a big impact for Omaha. Um, Xavier Gomez obviously is going to be the heart of that team is going to be on both sides of the ball, but Ethan's going to have to create, right? He's going to have to score. I think their offensive flow is going to be in the hands of him. So I think he's going to make a big impact. All right. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll skip this next question if that's okay with you, Jason, and we'll go to listener questions because we got a lot. 
Yeah, um, we we did. <laughs> so uh, excrucio. So I don't know if that's a, a Harry Potter person who likes pain or something. I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, you nerds. Oh, I I, I embrace my nerddom. Uh, will we know anything about Miami before the season starts? Seriously, what's going on down there? Uh, uh, so yeah. any idea? Uh, so. Um, I've been hearing rumblings and they are working on stuff. And so they have hired communication people and all that good stuff. So hopefully soon we will be getting something, literally anything, literally a, a Twitter handle, just a, a name, anything. Cause yeah, right now, if you're a Miami fan, I, I don't know what I can tell you, you should be celebrating cause they haven't given you anything. Well, I think I think also they're waiting to put together their first team too, right? Like they're putting yeah. together both rosters simultaneously. So this isn't like some of the other two teams that already like like New England Revolution two is coming in, but you know they they have an idea probably of who on the MLS roster from you know say fifteen through twenty five is likely to be loaned down um, on most weeks to uh, to the Revs two, whereas you know this you know Inter Miami doesn't have a squad, much less the the, the the second team, right? So I, I think the second team is going to be probably a, a work in progress right up until, you know, the summer sometime would be my guess. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that they're going to be the weakest link of all the teams just because they are bringing in people so last minute? It looks like that maybe most of the signings are going to be first team people loaned down and probably academy kids because I don't see them being able to get together everything, go scouting and get international players and USL championship players the way that Omaha and other teams have. Well, I, I'm not sure. Do they even have an academy? So they have to go out to other academies they, I right, think they, in the area. I think they do, or they have a they? partnership, maybe, yeah. But but nonetheless, it's uh, yeah, maybe. But I I, I don't know. I, I it could be that th- they could be sneakily really good though, because like think about it. If they if they create at some point a thirty uh, a thirty person um, MLS roster and they loan down ten of them and they basically become the starters for the second team, they could actually be sneakily pretty good. Um, yeah. So I think that's. I mean, tons of tons of talent in Miami, right? So they they could be pretty good, but I just have a feeling because of the timing of it, that first quarter, first half of the season, you know, oh, they yeah. might be the weakest team in the league, it and then it becomes a, a race of the clock on whether or not you can make up for that lost time. Yeah, they could go zero and six to start the season easily, right? Uh, no doubt yep. about it. Um, also, so the the same asker asked uh, of the signing so far, who do you think is poised for a breakout season? So I guess that would have to be someone who we know, right? So not someone new, like like the question that you answered earlier, Jason. But you know, is it someone like an Elma Enfor or an Xavier Gomez or you know, it, you know who who of the the people signed do you think Jason might uh, is poised to a breakout season on on their new team? Pato. It's Pato. Seven Pato goals and in, only in 11 starts, three assists. He's going to a team that has people like Micheletto, Coutinho, who are just chance creators, right? I think they're like front three created uh, as many chances as any other front three in the league outside of Lansing. So the fact that Pato gets that service again, uh, like I said you know, in the last show, I think he's in a golden boot race. All right. Uh, I can't disagree with that. I think Pato, if, if, if Tormenta makes a run, Pato could be one of the, you know, it has to be the key to that, right? He has to be one of the, one of the keys. Uh, they Greco or Gecko, I guess. Uh, now that we're through the inaugural season, does USL League One start to attract more people? 
Do you think that the competition level is going to be pretty similar, uh, or do you think we'll see a big jump in the level um, either either across the league or some specific team? So um, I'll take I'll take this one first if you don't mind, Jason. So my my read is is that the competition level will probably be pretty much the same. Um, you know, we are going to see a few more teams, so there could be a little bit more differentiation between some of the some of the B teams that you know do well and don't. Um, I would be pretty surprised if you know North Texas didn't put together another competitive team that made the playoffs um but on the other side like will they will they attract more people i i think locally yes because i think the fact that you you know you have uh tormenta now is you know in its second season they don't have their stadium yet i think they'll get a stadium bump in 2021 when they move there uh greenville you know making the run that they did they got more buzz they got more media attention so you know they're just they're just out there so i do think that the league in general will probably attract more people to the independent teams. You know, the, the two teams outside, I have no idea. I mean, that's, um, I, I think that that's still a hard nut to crack outside of maybe FC Tucson, who, uh, you know, is it's in its own geography as opposed to, you know, um, uh, um, you know, being in the same stadium like the Revs 2 are going to be. Yeah, I, I, I wonder, you know, with Tucson, I think they – unfortunately might replace Orlando City B. I don't think they'd be that bad um, in quality because they have, you know, Phoenix Rising players are going to be loaning down. But I think overall we should see better quality. I think OCB is going to get better. I think that New England Revs are going to come in and have a pretty competitive team. Uh, You see Omaha as a new team is coming in uh, and they're looking to compete. Um, yeah, and you, you look at the turnaround, right? Chattanooga is pretty much bringing back their team and just improving in spots. To, you know, Greenville's doing the same. Tormenta's doing the same. So I, I do think that we're going to have a, a little bit of better quality. Like I said, I think the players now are going are used to the travel a little more. They they know what to expect. They they've got their training regiments, uh, you know, in order, and they've got a routine. So I do think that we're going to see a little bit of better quality, and I do think that people are noticing and a lot of teams are probably going to be not as shy as loaning players to these league one teams to get these playing minutes and to get that experience. And I think Toronto FC two also could be an interesting one because, you know, they, they didn't have a problem scoring last year at all. Um, their, their problem was on the back line and they've strength seemed to have maybe strengthened that a little bit with their, um, uh, with their MLS draft signing. So, you know, if they can shore things up a little bit, then maybe, you know, they'll be pretty competitive. Because I, I really enjoyed watching Toronto FC2, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, because, you, you know, they were going to be goal scored. Um, I think they only had one goalless game. Is that right? Something like that? Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah. But the, the only thing I'm a little weary about is, you know, the, the youth Canadian national teams, right? When you got things like Olympic qualifiers coming up, um, I think that, you know, Jaden Nelson's definitely going to be gone. Jordan Peruse is definitely going to be gone. So maybe that scoring, you know, isn't going to be there as consistently as it was last year. Yeah, that's true. And will uh, Schaffelberg and Endo wind up coming down again like they were, given that one of them played in the USL in the MLS uh, Cup final, right? So, yep. yep. Um, amazing to go from uh, USL League One to the MLS Cup final. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Philip Durbin asks, is... Is there more than usual movement between League One and Championship and Championship and MLS this offseason, a sign of things to come, or um, just a few outlying players getting a chance at a higher level? Um, so I, I'm hoping, personally, Jason, that this is going to be the um, 
that this is going to be the the way that things are going to work in the future, right? Where people get yep. their chance in League One, they prove themselves, championship gives them a try, and then hopefully championship up to MLS, right? Joey G wasn't, I don't even think, playing in a league before last year, comes to Richmond, and then immediately goes to USL Championships, defending champion, right? That's that's what the point of this league is. That's how it should be. It's these players who wouldn't have necessarily a place to play and showcase their talent anywhere else, and other teams are taking notice. Um, and so, yeah, I do think you're going to see more movement. And like I said, especially when we're looking at that USL Championship to MLS, why spend $100,000, $200,000 on a super draft when you can get a player who's proven in from League One to USL Championship and US is ready for MLS. I think that, you know, this is going to be a system that is is cheaper, is more proven, and you're not banking on potential. So I hope that this is a sign for, for more of this to come. And I think that you're going to get a lot of players getting a chance to go from USL League One to MLS. Jason, this one's going to be for you. So 56171. Is that a Reddit handle or is that a... Was that it's a Reddit a, handle, a Reddit yeah. Handle? Yeah, yeah. Uh, any more expansion news? Uh, as the teams stand today, who wins the wooden spoon? Who makes the playoffs? Uh, who get, has a bye and who wins? Uh, what teams... Wow, there's a lot of questions within here. What, <laughs> team, what teams... Uh, a piece or way or two from being super dangerous. So, Jason, why don't we start with uh, who wins? Well, you already answered who wins a wooden spoon. You think it's FC Tucson. All right. Uh, well, no, I, I, it's Miami right now because they don't have a team. Uh, so I don't know <laughs> if those forfeits. Enough. I don't, I don't, you, you can't, you got to write them off until they have players. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so it's either them or Tucson. Uh, let's right. See. Uh, who makes the playoffs? So, yeah, so top six. Remember, the playoff format's a little bit different this year. Top half of the league makes the playoffs with uh, the top two getting buys. So it's not only one buy, it's a one and two get buys. So, Jason, who do you think, you know, at the moment has the strongest roster? Oh, boy. All right. So this is tough because when you look at Ford, they don't have a goalkeeper defenders right now. So I think teams that definitely make the playoffs is I definitely think that Greenville's back. Uh, North Texas, I'm not going to count out until they give me a reason to count them out. Uh, I think Chattanooga, they've pretty much brought back their core roster and added pieces. Uh, and I've got Tormenta, and those are my four that I think are playoff bound. I think Richmond can get there. They need a couple pieces, and I think the surprise team is going to be Omaha because they're already building a roster that looks like it could compete. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Omaha, you know, squeeze in into a four or five spot. I think uh, TFC two makes the playoffs, but Greenville is going to win the league. Okay, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I, I think sneakily, I think Omaha is going to be really good. Um, I don't know why I, I, I think that, but I suspect that you know they're going to you know make the playoffs somewhere, and they might even wind up hosting a playoff game. So they come in three or four, um, okay. and they'll host the first round. So. so I will say though, don't sleep on Orlando City. I think they, like I said, they're doing a complete 180. They're bringing in six internationals. They're bringing in proven players they look like they're going to be loaning people from the first team down i think it's a different year i would not be surprised if they snuck into the playoffs all right we'll, we'll hold you to that uh let's see here chris <laughs> ashley sometimes uh, co-host of league one fun asks will evan lee's baffling decision to chop off his beautiful mane 
diminish his center back superpowers. Jason, what do you think? Yes. I mean, have y'all not heard the story of Samson? You cannot <laughs> cut your hair off, all right? And I don't know why he did it. I don't know if uh, Delilah was behind it and a woman wanted him to cut his hair. But, yeah, he was seventh in the league in aerial duels won. And if he does not come within seven again or better than that, then I'm 100% blaming his decision of chopping off that beautiful hair. All right. Luke Oberman asks besides goalkeeper where do you think union omaha need to need more quality in order to take home a trophy yeah so right now i think it's it's defenders right so you had mentioned it they definitely brought in a usl championship defender but that's the most important thing i think in for a team in especially their first year right you look at the teams last year the teams that made the playoffs were the best defending teams in the league, right? Lansing had a very consistent back line. Um, you know, North Texas was one of the best. Greenville was the best. And Ford, you know, through their last, you know, half of the season, were giving up, you know, the least amount of goals than anyone from that, you know, from the time frame. So defense, 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 that's where they need to look to. And uh, Little Birdie told me that they will be making more um, more announcements, including some defenders. I, I wonder, you know, this next question is interesting, and I'm going to ask you this question, Jason, and then I'm going to, you know, maybe pose something to you before you answer it. And that uh, Anonymous asks, who are some free agents uh, should that people should be looking at? You know, we're talking about Union Omaha. I wonder, and this is just... I don't know anything. This is complete speculation. Could they maybe be trialing or thinking about trialing and, and testing out for fitness someone like Grant Stoneman, right? Because we still don't know where Grant's going to be. And, um, you know, it could be that he's retired and hasn't told anyone. But, um, you know, he would be an interesting get for Union Omaha on their back line defensively, like you just mentioned. Yeah. So I, I have asked around about Grant and no one seems to know. One thing I've heard and it's definitely just hearsay, I wouldn't call it a solidified source or anything, but he did have an injury that he was talking about potentially nursing in the off season, which is maybe why we haven't heard anything from him. Uh, so that could be one of the reasons. Uh, but yeah, I do think that they're definitely, you know, negotiating and trialing different people. It's still early in the off season. Um, and I think that there's a, a ton of guys with potential, right? I look at, you know, Jonathan Capillary from Red Wolves, I think was amazing on the ball. I thought Caparelli had, you know, some of the the best beat, some of the quickest skills that I saw out there, right? And at times he shined, but just had a rotating midfield to where they kept, you know, Tim Hankinson kept trying to find something that worked. So didn't really get a chance to play consistently and get to show his capabilities. So I think he's a free agent. You look at um, Kevin Koifik, right? We want to talk about defenders and Lansing. That's someone that I haven't heard about. That's someone that any team could use right now, right? I think he's that good of a defender to where I don't think anybody has solidified back lines. If you add Kevin Koifik to it, I think it automatically becomes, you know, a, a, a competition of who gets that spot. And then of course, having wingers, right. Or having sparks come off the bench, like Richard Danzo and Edmundo Robinson. Uh, I think those are two guys that can come in and, you know, have a spark, and we haven't heard their names. And I think any team, when you look at depth and you look at those late signings, those are definitely two names that they should be reaching out to. Do you really want me to ask this last question, Jason? Yeah, you can ask it. I mean, listen, 
We we ask for questions. We say we're going to answer them, so we got to answer them. All right. So Heavy Bomber asks us, which smells better, poop or pee? Jason, what do you think? I, I, I would say, okay, so like poop we know smells bad, right? So when you smell poop and it smells bad, you're like, well, yeah, it's poop. But I've been to the urinal after some coworkers sometimes and their pee has smelt so bad that I wanted to recommend my doctor to them because it's obvious that something is physically wrong with them that I don't know if it's their diet. I don't know if they've even seen what water looks like, but it's, it's been just such a, just a disgusting smell. It's really alarming. And I've never had that with poop. I've only had that with pee to where I was like, Oh my God, I think this person is dying. So I would say pee just because you expect poop to smell bad. Um, right. And, but, uh, you know, with pee, you don't expect the smell bad. So I guess I don't know which smells better, but I'd be more concerned if pee smells worse. All right. With that, Jason, where can people <laughs> connect with you? You can find these hard hitting answers and questions at Home Sweet Soccer. I can be found at Ira Jersey, and you can connect with the show at League One. That's League One and the number uh, one, and then fun. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and check out bgn.fm for other great soccer podcasts and written content covering USL League One, USL Championship, USL League Two, NWSL, MLS, and more. And look out for our uh, interview shows over the next couple of weeks from the United Soccer Coaches Convention. People have been coming up to us. It's been great. Uh, If you happen to get this and you're at the convention, stop by the BGN uh, podcast table on Podcast Row. We're right next to the Total Soccer Show, guys. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of Major League Soccer, United Soccer Leagues, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Jason, you had something else? No. Just tell Phil that we're proud of him. He's going to get through this, and don't let him uh, raid the minibar. I will. Uh, I've locked the minibar, just in case. So, okay. Until next time, <laughs> until next time, hashtag support local soccer. You can do it.